0: hello and welcome to the cinnamon international podcast we're passionate about launching national networks of leaders to catalyse the church to serve and transform their communities their cities and their nation Today's podcast comes from Sydney in Australia. I'm sat here looking at Sydney Harbour Bridge and the Sydney Opera House and the whole environment is buzzing with people and today I'm delighted that my guest is Paul Bartlett from Lighthouse Church and uh, Paul is an amazing leader of transformation and uh, he runs something called the Giraffe Awards and he's holding in his hand a cuddly giraffe toy and people are looking at him a little bit strangely but uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing about the, uh, the giraffe award for sticking your neck out from Paul. So listen in now. We're going to have a great time and you're going to be even more prepared to be a leader of transformation in your setting. hello and welcome to the cinnamon international podcast this is matt bird i'm sat here in sydney australia and i have with me a very special guest this is paul bartlett he is the senior pastor of lighthouse church in Wollongong, Wollongong, Wollongong. Wollongong. There we go. That
1: was close. Yeah. I,
0: I'm working on it. I'm getting <laughs> there. And uh, as well as being the senior pastor there, um, Paul is part of the national leadership of the Australian uh, Christian Church, There's over 1,100 churches uh, spanning across uh, this
1: country. So, Paul, it's great to have you with me today. Thank you. It's great to be here. I must mention, I'm the community engagement leader. I don't want to take uh, somebody else's role as the national leader. Well, I could be getting promotion. Could be or fired. Yeah, or fired. Probably fired at this stage. Actually, yeah. <laughs> And so, hey, we're in Sydney too. We want to apologize for the rain. It never rains in Sydney, of course. It feels like London, isn't it? feels like you're back home. So, we yeah. did that for you. Very kind of you. I feel <laughs> very welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's great that we could connect. I mean, we've obviously got a very similar passion for community. And we, we, I think the other thing is. And it's always got to come out of this. We love the local church, and, absolutely. And what happens in community engagement sometimes is, some former pastor gets a chip on his block, because a chip on his shoulder because you know the local church didn't do community like he wanted to do. Create some para organisation and tries to gather as many people in and around that concept. Whereas my thought is. Community engagement is best done through the local church. And I know we absolutely agree on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: uh, Otherwise, it it becomes this weird thing uh, globally. Otherwise, it's like the the
0: church is outsourcing
1: its primary business to an agency. Why would we do that? So for us, it's central to the mission. So why would community... I, I mean, it's one of the things I often talk to pastors. They actually themselves actually almost talk about community as a department. So for example, this is an interesting point. So I'm the national leader for community engagement, but I don't have somebody on my team that is responsible for community because I won't make it a department. So I so so I all my That's churches. Great. So all my churches have community engagement leaders yeah. except me. Because I refuse to let it become a department in our church. Yeah. Community engagement it's a is the, business. It's the responsibility of everybody on staff yeah. and everybody in our church. Yeah. Fantastic. I love that. Now, we're not alone today, uh, Paul, are we? There, we're There not. is a giraffe. Not very far.
0: Yeah, from, Not very far from uh, where we're sat. So I, I why did you turn
1: up with a toy giraffe? Well, it's very strange because I travel on planes with him and uh, internationally he's often in my hand as I go through an airport. Do you get
0: funny looks?
1: I get funny looks and it's not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in my 50s now, so it's not that I've had some weird midlife crisis. Jerry is, Jerry is who you're talking about. Jerry the Giraffe. Jerry the Giraffe. Just trips and, off the tongue, doesn't it? Well, we, came, we grabbed a hold of the thought behind Jerry about oh, probably nearly 10 years ago now. Um, of course, we've got so many people in our community, not just in our church, that do great things for other people. Yeah, And we started using the phrase, we have a lot of people that really stick their neck out for other people. Yeah, they're the unsung heroes, aren't they? They yeah. are the unsung heroes. They do heroes. stuff, and so, they're just not known. So we, we started to bring Jerry forward. Jerry is a stuffed toy, a stuffed giraffe, who represents the idea that if you stick your neck out for someone, in your community. You're going to win the Jerry the Giraffe Award. Wow. So the weirdest thing with that is that people in our community are excited when they win the Jerry Award. Now, Jerry has been in more media than almost anybody in our community. He's been really? in the paper, he's been on TV. And so the <laughs> idea that you're going to win a Jerry Award yeah. has become quite prestigious in yes. our community. So Absolutely. who would have thought, eh? Hey? Yeah, Jerry, I so, love that. Can you tell us about somebody who's won the Jerry the Giraffe Award? Sure. So, for example, uh, we have a large franchise in our community called Grilled Burger. I think it's an international one as well. And one of the things they do well is they have their local matters. So every time you purchase a burger, you actually get the top of a bottle lid that represents your... Uh, currency for voting on your community org. Oh yeah, yeah. So, we have it in supermarkets. Okay. You get a little token, yeah, little and token. You can put it in exactly. one of three. So as you and... leave, there's there's three, and they rotate. We've our churches often had our community things in there. Yeah. Um, and so you just drop it in. Now they give tens of thousands of dollars to community. So we arrived, surprised him one day, arrived at his business, and <laughs> uh, fronted up with a community with the Jerry Award, which he was overwhelmed by. So this is the manager uh, of the. This rest is of the manager that owns all the franchise. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the photos, et cetera. And actually, he was so encouraged, so encouraged to win that award. And so for me, Jerry represents for us from the church side, he represents a bridge of a thought, which is that actually we recognize our local businesses and our local people as the greatest champions of community engagement. We don't consider Lighthouse, our church, as the champion. We consider ourselves to be the promoter of people in our community who are the champions. That's great. So, different perspectives. So, again, often church culture is trying to get say, look at us, look at us, look at us. Yes. Well, we want to say, look at them, look at them, look at them, yeah. as a way we think yeah. about community.
0: And these unsung heroes are amazing people. Amazing and for people. them. for them to be recognised and appreciated, and I've seen people appreciated with bunches of flowers, not with a giraffe before. <laughs> Some of them with a bottle of wine, even. Yeah, that's, and, right. and that's and true. It, and it true. sometimes brings them to tears, yeah, doesn't it? that's true. Because nobody has ever stood them up in
1: public it's and true, said, right? we... Are really grateful. I think it's one of the surprising things we found. I think people know that they're doing something good, but they never dream that they might be recognised for it. Like quite honestly, everybody should be recognised for the great things that they do. So it builds community spirit. It builds a sense of oneness and togetherness. I mean, the other thing we do, of course, is our thank God it's Monday glasses which is another novel concept. We used the phrase earlier, you said, uh, we try and teach our people that Sunday is not the most important day of the week. Yeah, so we have a saying, we say that, hey, Australians aren't waking up Sunday morning thinking what's a great church we can go to. We live in a post-Christian society. So Australians are waking up Sunday morning thinking, how do I get to the Surf Life Saving Club and get my kids in nippers? That's essentially what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and so for us is we don't get offended by the fact that they're not interested in coming to a Sunday gathering. We just recognize it can't be the most important day. And better still, it can't be the only way that we're reaching people. So that the challenge of an attractional model is if it's not going well, we pour more resource, more energy in making Sundays greater yeah, But it doesn't... And s- an attractional model because you, you put on the best show you possibly can yeah. in the hope that people might right. choose your church over somebody else. And I can promise you the more coloured lights you add, <laughs> people Smoke machines, are, they're not coming. <laughs> and so we, all we've said is this, and hence, you know, I'm the author of the book, thank God it's Monday, yeah. Sunday's not enough. And so we have, we just basically say hey, if you want to build a healthy church, don't make Sunday the greatest day of the week. Make Monday the greatest day of the week. Yeah. And send the people that attend Sunday into their community knowing that their job, that their university and their hobby is their calling. And so we shift the mentality. So you, yeah. you know, so the more we can get the tradesmen believing that yes. building houses is a God calling, yes. the greater chance we have yeah. of him transforming yeah. people's yeah. lives. And, of course, we use this word secular, don't we? And it's an awful yeah, word. It's an awful yeah.
0: word. I always said anything that's secular is actually sin. So if something's sin, call it sin. Yeah. Never
1: describe your work as so, secular. So it's sacred. It's, it's God's, sacred. it's God's work. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things we're trying to do is change the language in and yeah. around. Uh, you know, we use horrible language like we're going to win people to Jesus. <laughs> we're going we're to overcome the city. And uh, all those horrible yeah. 80s, 90s Pentecostal words that no longer fit. <laughs> Um, We want to be the best friend to our community. Uh, In fact, we don't just want to serve them. We want to find out what they love to do and we want to turn up and join in with them as they do it. And so that puts us, from our perspective, that puts us in all sorts of places we never dreamed of, Um, even in places that we maybe don't love but we know our community love it. So there we are. Yeah, so these red glasses, tell me about these yeah. red glasses. What's the significance of those on Monday? Okay, so we call them our uh, Thank God It's Monday glasses. And, and they're we, these bright red frames, right With Thank God It's Monday on the side. So you, imagine you're sitting in a cafe on a Monday, you're yeah. having a coffee, a bit like we are uh, and you're getting great customer service from somebody. We say we love people who love going to work and doing mm. what they're doing. And there's there's no religious tone there's no hey where you know I'm not wearing my I love Jesus shirt or anything we're just simply saying hey can we I've got these red glasses and these red glasses are for people who see their Mondays differently mm. and I'd love to get a selfie with you and if it's okay we want to po- yeah we want to post a picture of another person who loves doing what they do and so I mean I think it works so well because most people think nobody notices that they are doing their job well yeah. and they like what they're doing yeah. and, so, and what it does is it puts a tool, a tool in the hands of everyday Christians Yeah. so they can go to work have a selfie with their boss say yeah. I love working at this place or this is what I love about my job or I love my teammates or yeah. I love my and all of a sudden again simple idea but created a bridge between the church and community yeah. so we're yeah. building we're breaking down that stereotype Yeah. You know. and you talk about, about language my friend Paul Totill a
0: pastor in, uh, in Adelaide he, he talks about relanguaging yeah right a lot of what we've got is to relanguage the gospel find yeah. new ways of expressing and yeah.
1: communicating you know if you want to have a biblical example I reckon of relanguage the, the moment Jesus said to Peter when Peter said oh Jesus don't be silly you're not going to die Right? and yeah. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. I mean, that's a fairly Bit severe realignment yeah. of language, right? It was slap, wasn't it? And I always use that as an example. I said, listen, Jesus was so determined not to let that language become the actualization of his words. In other words, Jesus knew if he kept saying that oh, when he was with the disciples, don't worry, boys, Jesus was having a bad day. He's not going to die, right? He's not. He's, he, he was kidding, right? If that language perpetu- perpetuated, Jesus knew that it would have actually affected his destiny. Yeah. So Jesus was smart enough to go, I'm going to I'm going to address that language right now yeah. in this moment. Yeah. You cannot say that again, yeah. Peter, because it's not true. Yeah. I am going to die yeah. and I am going to save the yeah. world. So I'm that strong about language. So yeah. my que- my question for churches is, look, some of the stuff we say is not wrong, but is it helpful? Yes. Is it building the sort of culture yeah, yeah. you want to build? Yeah. So for, so, for example, you know, and this will maybe upset some of your listeners, but I would say revival mentality, for example, or uh, the idea that there's a move of God coming. Well, that's not wrong. My question is is that helpful? Wouldn't it be better to teach a generation that the God opportunity is here and now? Yes. That you can go to work, not going to work just to earn money because one day revival is going to arrive and you'll get involved then. What if you go to work Monday already knowing what Ephesians 2.10 is true, which is God's prepared good things ahead ahead in advance, yeah. that you actually go to work like, oh, God's actually got something significant for me to engage in today that's going to change somebody's life. Yeah. So again, is revival wrong? Not at all. But I would much rather have a language that says, no, no, God's moving today, not going to move one day. Yeah. So helpful. I mean, I I'm the same. If somebody says
0: to me, "Oh, the Cinnamon Network organisation, I said, "No, no, no. We're not an organisation. We're not. A, we're a partnership. We're a yeah. collaboration. We're right. we're about. There's a bunch of relationships. You know, we're not building a big corporate office. We're right. we're a catalyst and a facilitator. So yeah, yeah. I always said, guys, don't describe us as an organisation. Yeah. Describe us as a network. Yeah, network. Because we're about building relationships rather than corporate structure. There's so, mu-
1: there's so much stigma with anything Christian these days that. We have, it's going to take great courage for senior pastors to be willing to re-learn, or as we say at the moment, we're doing a whole thought on unlearning, Yes, <laughs> the willingness to unlearn uh, generations of language and thought that Christians love and appreciate, but the, the, the world just doesn't understand. You know, Paul Scanlon said once, and I agree another UK man, Paul Scanlon says, we've got to talk in a way like we're speaking to humans, not Christians. And my understanding is, if I can speak like I am to humans, the Christians will still get it, Mm. but at least I'm adding those who don't yet know Christ into that mix. Um, If I'm just going to speak to Christians, then the non-Christians will never get it. Um, So my goal is to humanize something spiritual. Beautiful. (laughs) So we have talked about Jerry. Yeah, sharing the giraffe. He's the your g- new friend, giraffe he? award. He is. I've I- impressed I love you that. with you. I'm going to tell the world about yeah, that. You're I get your idea. No, 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 no,
0: I'll credit you. <laughs> or, or the New Zealand <laughs> yeah. mayor, whoever, whoever <laughs> yeah, it came Yeah, New Zealand mayor, technically. The unnamed, but yeah, the, yeah. the New Zealand mayor. Yeah. And we've talked about the red glasses. Uh, and, mm, uh, talked about relanguaging. Uh, if people are listening and they're thinking, you know, our church, we want to get, we want to lean into the community more. What, what, three bits of advice would you give a pastor? a church leader yeah. listening to this podcast
1: about leaning into their community more that they may have not thought about before? I think the first thing is, it starts with the senior pastor. And uh, back to my even my earlier comments, I did not delegate community, I led it by action. Now, I'm not saying that you need to become the number one community person in your church. In, in the early days, in some senses, you probably do. So, us pastors, we love a good tithe, don't we? We love a, we love yeah. to take up an offering. My suggestion is that a senior pastor, that he or she tithes ten percent of their working week. So, if you're working forty hours, that's probably not true. You're probably working more. Let's <laughs> yeah. say you're working forty hours. Why don't you extract ten percent of that, four yeah. hours, yeah. and? physically place yourself in the community somewhere uh, so for example for me I just retired but I mean, it was the uh, professional sports chaplain for 17 years for a large wow. uh, one of the NBL basketball yeah. teams here yeah. and you know that was about 9 hours a week in fact of my right. time but it just taught me so much about the community yeah. it taught me so much about the yeah. needs it taught me yeah. so much so much about the opportunities yeah. so that's a great idea so thought one so time your time 10% the of music. your time in the community. I think t- thought number two is find ways that Empower your congregation to go to work with purpose. So, think about your language. So, for example, no pastor would ever ever say Sunday's the most important day, but we infer that all the time because we want bumps on seats, right? So, I would say start talking up Mondays. So, change your language. So, I, I tell my people, so glad that you're here today, Sunday, but we want you to know that today's not the most important day. And, contrary to popular belief, God does not have a favorite day and today's not it. That's great. Monday is God's most important day. We say your Monday needs a great Sunday, but actually I'm only equipping you Sunday for a great day on Monday. So, I think number two is change your messages and your language so that people go to work knowing that what they do midweek is their calling. Yes. Love it. I think the third thing you need to do is you need to make heroes of people who attend your church. So again, in a model, who are the greatest heroes? The worship leaders, the people the guys in the band. Front. You know what I hear incessantly, and I know this is true, but we make heroes of our car park attendants. Right now, of course, we love our car park attendants, if you have them. Um, and again, it reinforces that the heroes that do stuff on Sundays. Yeah. So I say, drag your tradesmen on stage every now and then. Yeah. Bring up your local doctor, your nurse, your teachers, yeah. and let them tell their story yes. of how they saw God show up in their workplace. Mm. And so I, if you ask me, I probably diminish the platform yes. and heighten the congregation. Yes. And so we are not pulpit focused, we're people focused, Yes. Yeah. Make, make, making making everybody the heroes, making, making your the congregation the, the heroes. heroes. Yeah. And then, as we've said,
0: add, add the community into that mix of well. yeah Fantastic, Paul. So pleased you joined me on the Cinnamon International podcast today. Oh, I, I and I feel honoured. And this book we have right in front of us, the Thank God It's Monday book. Where can yeah. people get this? Okay,
1: so if you go to, to thank, uh, thank God It's Monday, the movement, so TGIM-movement, and we, this has become a movement globally, so it's right for uh, five or six different nations. You can You can buy not only the book. You can buy Jerry the Giraffe there as well. You can get the red glasses. So if you go to that website, uh, you can buy the book. You can also buy a church kit now. We have it so that you can, if you want to get started on this, we have a a church kit that comes with the giraffe, the glasses, the books, study guides (laughs) for small groups. Wonderful. So we can get you started on the journey uh, on engaging your community in a different way. So we'd love you to get on that website. Uh TGm the movement and you'll see us there and there's lots of great helpful That's tips good. for you to get engaged. Yeah, i think toy shops around the world are going to sell out <laughs> toy giraffes as a That's result what, of this i must interview. admit this this particular jerry he's 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 the guy everybody wants him i'll try to do different yeah. versions yeah and uh, we're going to get a picture of you and i and jerry aren't yeah we? he is he's got a bit of an ego so we're just going to watch it now yeah. he's so popular these
0: days <laughs> hey thanks for listening everybody paul it's been great to have you with us thanks, thank Matt, you
1: so I appreciate much appreciate it great
0: Hello and welcome to the Talking Transformation podcast. This is Matt Bird, the founder of Cinnamon Network International. And I'm delighted to have as my special guest today, Tina English from Care Home Friends. Tina, great to be with you today. Thank you, Matt. And uh, we've known each other for a few years. And let's jump straight in. You run this amazing uh, project that helps churches adopt care homes. Yeah. So why should churches adopt care homes?
2: Well... If you look at research, Matt, it shows that older people in care homes are twice as likely to feel severely lonely as older people who live in the community.
0: Really? But isn't the point of being in a care home, you're with other people?
2: Absolutely. But you know what? Most of us know what it feels like to be alone in a crowd. And often care home residents will say to me, that's exactly... They
0: feel what alone in a crowd. crowd.
2: You, can, you can have people around you, but you don't connect with them on an emotional level.
0: That's incredible. I thought that was the point of care homes.
2: (laughs) Well, care homes are about meeting the physical and the nursing needs of of residents. And and the staff in care homes, you know, they're run off their feet doing all that kind of thing. They don't have time to meet all the emotional and social needs of residents as well.
0: So, if you're a local church leader, And you want to, if you feel you have a, your church has a a calling, a ministry to elderly people, actually don't just think community, think care home.
2: Definitely, yeah, yeah.
0: And uh, there's some research, hasn't there been done uh, in the United Kingdom about the amount of time, about the the amount of time that um, people in care homes have conversation each day. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so they did some research, the Alzheimer's Society did some research um, about the amount of interactions that... Uh, people with dementia in care homes have with staff and what they showed was that outside of the caring stuff like helping with food hygiene and everything like that the time interacting with residents was two minutes in a day
0: two minutes of conversation a day
2: yeah it's just tragic isn't it
0: so if you want to reach the lonely some of the loneliest people in our society yeah care homes. Definitely. So Tina, you're young. I mean, how on earth did you get into care home stuff? Well, I mean, thank did you for you, calling where? me young,
2: Matt. I'm actually the same age as you. So, Oh, well, I'm young. <laughs>
0: <Absolutely>. <laughs> so how did you get into care homes? How did Jesus call you to this work?
2: Well, my background is nursing. So I have worked with older people. I've worked in care homes and I've also worked in the voluntary sector with okay. older people. And what I found was that people in care homes are just often completely overlooked and ignored you know when we think about uh, doing work with older people we just tend to think of older people in the community and we think when people go into a care home we think oh they're all right now we don't they're need sorted. to yeah we don't need to worry about them anymore so god really put them on my heart as people that he loves and that he cherishes and that if we're yeah. going to bring the love of god into our communities that we need to begin to look to the most marginalised people, yeah. the people who are most overlooked ignored. Yeah.
0: And people listening to this Talking Transformation podcast from all over the world, different countries, different cities, um, do you find that different cultures treat age in different ways?
2: Yes, yes, although I think it's changing. So I think there has been, in, in some societies, people have much more had a respect For older people and Mm -hmm. a a reverence towards older people but I think actually that's probably even changing now because people are uh, so influenced by Hollywood and the West that actually that that (coughs) respect and reverence for older people is eroding even in those cultures where it used to be a really big thing.
0: Wow that's a real challenge and Talk to me about care home friends. I mean, I flippantly said you help churches adopt uh, care homes to love on elderly people. But 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 unpack that a little bit for us, Tina.
2: OK, well, in the UK, and I, I'm sure it's different in different countries, there are um, about... 17,000 care homes and there's about 50,000 churches yeah. so what we want to do is see each care home adopted by a local church with trained volunteers spending time building relationship
0: wow. so She's you only ready need ready. one third of churches in the country Uh, to adopt a care home and job's done.
2: Absolutely. And you know what, we live in an aging population and that's not just in the UK, that is internationally as well. And so, you know, we can't keep ignoring that. There's going to be more and more older people. How is the church going to respond to that? Yeah,
0: incredible. So what's the process? If I was a church leader, and I'm listening to this podcast, I say, actually, Tina, I'd be really interested in understanding what it would look like for us as a church to adopt the care home that's at the end of our street or or a couple of streets away. What would be the process?
2: I think the first thing you need to do is look for someone in your church who's got a heart for older people. Yeah. And you need to, we call them the champion, and you need to identify who is going to be the champion of this project in your church. And they're a really key person, because yeah. as a church leader, you can't do everything. But No, we
0: can't. <laughs>
2: you know, there'll be people in your church who have a heart for older people. And some of them, especially I find in the more newer churches... Those people with a heart for seniors are often feeling quite frustrated of how they can express that heart. So yeah. that's as a church leader, that's what you need to do. Find that key person. Find that
0: champion. Then what happens? So I've got somebody in my church and they, they they keep on mentioning to me they want to work with the elderly and what are we doing about it? You know. So I've got somebody in mind. I mean, what, what next?
2: What next? Well, get in touch with us. We will uh, meet with the champion. We have a toolkit. We have all the resources needed to start a Care Home Friends project. So we will work that through with the champion. Champion, help them build a relationship with their local care home and help them recruit their volunteers and then we come and we train their volunteers okay. now obviously if we're working abroad that's a bit more of a challenge but we actually we've just developed some online training as well so people in other countries <laughs> are very welcome to access so our... you can
0: actually train your volunteers online yes with all your best practice materials yes brilliant oh well, that's great and what, what's the web address
2: www.carehomefriends.org.uk.
0: Okay, carehomefriends.org.uk.
2: Yes, but you can't access our training (coughs) material without the password, so we don't have it open to everybody. So, because in the end, it's about building a relationship with people, it's about helping people to how to do that in the best
0: way. So, if anybody's interested in Care Home Friends, go to the website, reach out to you, start a conversation, start a relationship, and you can walk them through from there. Yes. So, you coming back to elderly people. You talked about dementia. Yeah. Um, t- t- I mean, I, I don't know a lot about Alzheimer's, dementia, those issues. Just, just explain. If there's anybody listening today who doesn't fully understand. Give us, give us a headline understanding of these issues.
2: Well, <coughs> dementia, as probably most people know, is a growing problem because as we get an ageing population, we're going to have more people who have dementia. Yeah. And... One of the key things in dementia is that people can and there's lots of things, but people can lose their sense of identity and
0: because they're losing their memory and because
2: they're losing their memory because their brain is shrinking I mean there's lots of different causes is it short
0: term long term memory
2: it's initially it's your short term memory yeah that is affected, um, but it will affect your longer term Gosh. memory as well yeah so but but it's very easy to as as churches and uh, as individuals you know if we we can see that someone's got dementia how, how do we come alongside them how do we interact with people you know we th- it's, it's very possible to think oh well they're not going to remember our conversation anyway so what's the point and actually there's a huge point I mean it's a whole Subject in itself, dementia.
0: Yeah. yeah, and Alzheimer's.
2: Alzheimer's is one of the leading causes of dementia. Okay. But there's, I think there's over a hundred different causes of oh, dementia. Really. Of dementia, yes. So Gosh. dementia is the c- collection of <clears throat> symptoms, if you like, and there's a, lots of causes.
0: Yeah. Of it. So what is so what is the point? So you're, you know, you've, you've mobilised your church, you've adopted a care home, you've built a relationship, you've trained volunteers. They're going in week after week. Um, but, yeah. so what would you say to somebody who says, well, if they can't remember, why?
2: With with dementia, you find that people's factual memories go quickly. Their are short-term factual memories, but their emotional m- memories last for longer. Mm. So I'll give you an example. There's a lady I visit. I visit her every week. I've been visiting her for the last three years. She has dementia. And one of the... Um, symptoms of her dementia is that she gets angry very easily yeah. so she's in a care home she hasn't got any other family or friends visiting her I am her only visitor
0: only visitor her
2: only visitor and because of her this outburst of anger she has she's actually isolated herself in the care home even more because so people she withdraw from, from her. her because and, and it's difficult <clears throat> for the staff so when I started visiting this lady i'll just spend an hour with her and we'd chat and she would tell me about her life and then i remember one time in the early days going to visit her and she was asleep and i knocked gently on the door and she opened her eyes yeah and as soon as she opened her eyes she had like this daggers look in her eyes and yeah what well, have you woken me up you know she's gonna have a really angry outburst at me but it was as if as soon as she recognized me mm. the anger just melted mm. from her eyes. Now, she doesn't know my name. Even after three years, she still doesn't know my name. She still doesn't know what we do each week. We do the same thing. But there is a sense of safety that she gets from me that the emotional <coughs> feelings that she attaches to mm. me are still with her, even though none of the factual stuff is there. So yeah. even when we're working with people with dementia, you know, in God's eyes, they yeah. are still people that he loves Dearly. And and we're bringing God's love into those situations yeah. and making a difference in people's lives.
0: Yeah, we're all created in the image of God, all worthy or unworthy yeah. even of his love, but he gives it anyway. Yeah. It's, uh...
2: And there's some research actually that was, I think it came out last year or the year before from Exeter University, that showed even spending one hour a week with someone with dementia can have an impact on their quality of life and well-being. Yeah. And that's exactly the sort of thing we're doing.
0: And is there a link? I heard somewhere about um, singing helps aid memory. Is that right? Or is that my imagination?
2: Well, singing is really good for people with dementia. Now, Matt, you're probably like me. You're an 80s man. You you, you were a teenager in the 80s. <laughs> oh, whether yes, you like, yes, yes, that's, that, that's whether true. Whether you like 80s music or not. But... When I was with my daughter the other day, we were playing 80s music. Now, yeah. some of this music I hadn't heard for years, and I mm. could sing along to yeah. every single song. And and she
0: They're all new for her.
2: <coughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> but there's something about music that is almost stored in a different part of our brain that we remember. Mm. And that's the same for people with dementia. You know, you can... Um, they, they can be forgetting everything but you know you play a song from their era that's memorable yeah. to them and they'll be able to sing along to that every word amazing? and it, that's a bit like when you say the Lord's Prayer with somebody you mm. know even in severe dementia people can sometimes still recite it because yeah. it's something from their past that's deeply embedded
0: yeah that's amazing. So, if there are church leaders listening to this and thinking, my church or the churches in our community, in our city, I have a sense of call cool to work with the elderly, what three bits of advice would you give to any church leader or leading volunteer about working with the elderly?
2: There's three things that I think are really important, Matt. The first is look, you know, when we're thinking about older people they're not always the people right in front of us they're not necessarily the people who are sitting in our church on a Sunday morning you know care home residents don't go out to church you know they're behind closed doors carers again often they're not there on a Sunday so we really have to be intentional (coughs) about the way we look for older people and look for the need so that's the first thing look the second thing I would say is listen because sometimes we can come to working with older people with our own assumptions about what their needs are. We're actually, well, first of all, not all older people are needy by any means. Um, But secondly, those who are needy, let's not assume we know what their needs are. Let's listen to them. Let's find out from them their perspective and what their needs are and start from that place. Yes. Because I've seen people, you know, They've got a heart to start a group for people with dementia or something like that, but they haven't actually spoken to the people with dementia about what it is yeah. their needs are. So look, listen, and then thirdly, love.
0: I'm glad it was an L. That's pleased <laughs> the preacher in me. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> so look, listen, and love. love.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, love <laughs> is practical. You know, love might be helping someone with their shopping. Love might be just sitting, listening and chatting to someone for an hour, but everything we do has to come out of that mm. love and god 's love as well for older people I
0: like that look listen love yeah and let 's face it I mean, if you have an interest or a passion for the elderly i mean who who couldn 't give one hour in their working week you know there somewhere to sit down with an elderly person and uh and just love on them and Absolutely. listen to them and uh, You show them that God loves them, values them, and has a purpose for them. It's it's really exciting.
2: Yeah, and and one thing I've found as well, Matt, (coughs) is that, and it's really humbling to realise this, but yeah, it's an hour a week, you know, it's not a lot of our time or our resources, and yet it makes the world of difference to older people you know when the lady i sit with at the end of our conversation she'll say thank you so much for coming to see me it's so lovely to have someone to talk to and i just think this is nothing for me but for her it's everything
0: she looks forward to this all week that's
2: it exactly you know and that's Mm. the sort of difference we can make in people's lives
0: oh tina well thank you for sharing these stories this research this practical advice um, it's just extraordinary the work you're doing so if anybody's listening that feels actually our church churches in our community city want to do something with the with elderly people um, remember that those in care homes are twice as isolated as those in the community yes. and think about them and if they want a model of how to do it care home friends carehomefriends.org.uk, is that That's right visit you Find, chat to Tina, and I should be delighted to help you. So thank you for listening to the Talking Transformation podcast. I look forward to us engaging again really soon. Goodbye for now.